0: I'm Tom Compton. Welcome back to Pursuing the Muse. This week I'm talking to singer, songwriter, guitar player, Nathan Graham. Nathan is in the Chicago area. He has recently put out his debut album, The Saint of Second Chances, which is an eclectic mix of high-energy rock and roll, blues, soulful ballads, you name it, it's in there. And it's all got the depth of lyrics you might not expect from a rock and roll album but it's there so nathan has a gift and i'm really excited to be bringing this to you our conversation so we're not gonna wait anymore let's go right to nathan are live today with Nathan Graham here on pursuing the muse and I am super excited because this album Nathan that you put out saint of second chances is it's stellar I love it so much Uh, and I know that this podcast is focused on songwriting but I I definitely have to highlight this uh, this album as a whole (laughs) Um, so thank you so much for putting this out into the world thank you Thank you. That means a lot. So, I, I'm just going to say, like, to 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 get my point across, like you come out of the gate, pride is just, it's it, it pulls no punches. It right right yeah. off the bat, high energy, great song, catchy as all hell, and then uh, shifts into fake friends, slows down a little bit, and it, it's got a nice groove, and then. Somebody else gets really soulful, and I, I'm gonna, uh, when you got to the hook of like, I'll be your fool, uh, don't wanna, what's the, what's the exact line? I don't wanna butcher this, I, rather. Uh, I'll, I'll be a fool, I can't help myself.
1: Uh, um, Man, I'm, I'm screwing up my own lyrics now. I'll be your <laughs> fool, I can't help myself. Rather take the chance of you breaking my heart than...
0: Yes, yes. That is yes, rather take the chance of you breaking my heart than see you with somebody else. And I'm like, right. oh, this this is not just your average rock album. this These songs have a level of sophistication that reward, reward paying attention. And then like, it, it I can't change it. You went in a whole nother direction. And then you get to the the fifth song you've been hiding in your pocket that you're a virtuoso guitar player because then you pull out like the first solo of the album comes you know five tracks in and i'm just oh this is it's almost like it's almost too much you you're you're the triple threat you got the voice the soulful voice you got the amazing songs and then you're a great guitar player on top of it so thank you thank you for this record
1: Man, you know, what? my partner, Christina, she, she always says, like, when I, I showed her my music, she was like, you are a triple threat. And I didn't I didn't think about that at all. I didn't think about like... You know she would say that all the time like you're you're like nobody is like you know people like want to do that like people want to be able to play guitar sing and write songs and it's like you do all three and it you know it was it was the people that i that i grew up listening to because because they did that you know like one of my favorite songwriters is is warren haynes and you know warren haynes had a great voice he had great songs and he could he could play guitar you know he you know and the thing about it was like he could do all those things on a live show and then when he started like jamming with on uh, you know with the band you never got bored it wasn't one of those things where you're just like okay we, we heard it you know you never got bored and i think that was really what one of the things that i wanted to strive for with this album is that i had been such known as as a guitar player you know i was i was the the chicago blues guy for a long time and i was a sideman so it was like you know if you needed a if you needed a good blues guitar solo you would call me and um and i liked that but it was also you know i didn't i didn't set out to write a guitar album that wasn't my you know that wasn't my idea i wanted to be like all right i have some songs i have some things i want to say hopefully they're good and then you know I'll sprinkle that in there I'll put that in there of course because that that is something that I love to do but I didn't want that to be the focus on the album
0: you know right um, yeah and I it's, I think that played out perfectly then
1: yeah because I think the cuz you know like pride it starts off and that could have a guitar solo on it it could it, but it has a piano solo that just traces the vocal you know and I just mm-hmm. wanted to you know, I, I'm also a huge fan of, of keys. So it's like, and I can't really play keyboards or anything like that. So I'm always very envious, but I think that keyboard solos and, and piano solos are the, some of the coolest things ever, you know, and I wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, we had Mike Mamoni on that. So Mike Mamoni is another Chicago guy who moved to LA, but um, you know, he, He's amazing at it. He knows exactly, you know, his tone for that song works so perfectly. And, um, and yeah, so I wanted to kind of, you know, I am a singer songwriter. I can do this too. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to showcase that. That was my idea.
0: Okay. And now, since you're bringing up Pride and, and piano and talking about Pride as a song in itself, as an entity, when you wrote Pride, did you have a piano part in mind or did that evolve in the studio as an arrangement? I always had that idea that I wanted a
1: piano part. Um, You know, originally it was, I had this idea that it was going to be an acoustic guitar and a piano mostly. Mm. Um, And then when I played it for Mike, for the first time he was just like "No, nah, this needs something bigger this needs a whole band like this needs to like push so i was like all right well you know let's try it and we and we we got together on you know all the guitar parts and i was just like i need a piano solo i need that like cool like honky tonk sounding piano you know um mm-hmm. he, he played it on an upright you know so it's like it has that that feel that tone um mm-hmm. where it all kind of feels like it's gonna fall apart but it doesn't yeah, so
0: yeah it does. It does barrel down the rails, and it does. Yeah, it feels like it could go any anywhere at any time. And it's. It just. It, it's. It's the hook. It brings you into the record, and then you go in so many. It's. It's just fantastic. So thank you. So, let me go back. How did you get started writing songs? Um. Well, I started writing songs,
1: or trying to, when I was probably around probably around 18 or 19 when i started writing songs um and a lot of them weren't that good <laughs> you know they were they were just kind of you know you know i, I really wanted to be able to to write a song and because I, I was just really enamored with with the process of that and then um you know i i Did it for a little bit, and I was just like, "Man, that's not good. That's not good." Like, you know, I have to I have to study the people that I like, that I love, to to figure out how to write a good song. So all of the lyrics, I started to figure out that a lot of the the songs that I fell in love with were conversational. You know, it was it wasn't shrouded in a lot of mystery. It wasn't it wasn't a lot of like you know metaphoric things. It was just you know saying the thing. And I I've always loved that the the honesty of like Motown songs, the honesty of like, you know, anything that came out of that, you know, Polydor records, you know, anything that came out of stacks, you know, there was an honesty to it. And there was just this very, you know, humbling feeling, you know, when you, when you have that feeling of somebody sitting down and just telling you a story. So once I started to figure out how I wanted to write, it got better and it got a little bit easier. Um, but yeah i mean i was yeah i was like 18 and i i wrote, I wrote this really i wrote this uh this four track blues album that was uh, i hope never sees the light of day i hope somebody figured <laughs> out how to get rid of that and you know <laughs> aging the internet i'm going to be like you know 15 down years down the road and somebody's gonna be like hey i got nathan's
0: first 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 album and i'm just like oh no it's it's the demos <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that on like a four track cassette can you like unspool that with a pencil or something
1: (laughs) no it's not it's not a cd um (laughs) it's uh i think i actually might still have one or two copies left i don't know i think my parents well you know
0: yeah i'll be (laughs) watching ebay (laughs) yeah so let's uh, who besides warren Hayes besides motown what other uh songwriters do you think uh, were biggest impacts on you Mm, um i mean motown, motown is a big there's a smoky yeah, robinson a like, that, right remote. um yeah.
1: yeah i mean i you know i i was a fan of i'm a fan of jim croce um you know uh i love how conversational his lyrics are um uh, there's a rapper named wale out of uh dc that i really love though again conversational stuff um you know, Chris Stapleton, um Kendrick Lamar, uh Smokey Robinson. A lot a lot of Smokey Robinson in there. Uh Nathaniel Rateliff is a huge influence on me. Like, you know, I, I actually a buddy of mine actually showed me Nathaniel Rateliff like maybe two years before he got into the Night Sweats. And he was mm-hmm. just doing an acoustic album. And I I really fell in love with it. And then he came out with the Night Sweats, and I was like, okay, this this makes sense. Um I mean, uh, Nina Simone. Nina Simone is a huge one for me. Um you know, the vulnerab- vulnerability of her songs are are you know, unmatched. You know, I, I just feel like she she can write something that can just like two lines that'll just tear you apart, you know. Um yeah, who else? Um uh, another local <laughs> Chicago guy, his name is uh, Nick Tremulus, I love him too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I saw him at the Park West, like 1992-ish. Yeah, yeah, okay. he, very talented. Yeah. So, if you're if you're writing a song, do you have a sense of being uh, maybe a certain influence coming from a certain artist at at any time, or or have you gotten to the point where this is just like that's all kind of in your subconscious, and, and you're going with what you got? it depends cuz
1: there there are times where it does feel like it's it's just there you know and then every once you know a lot of times though i have to go back and i have to listen to um i have to listen to records that i love you know again just to kind of get some inspiration you know uh you know i was just li- actually i you know about an hour ago i was listening to um Ben Harper diamonds on the inside you know just to get some like inspiration for that sort of sound you know because that's i've always loved that too so um yeah i mean there's there's some stuff that like is just with you you know like you you've heard you know like you've you've probably experienced this where you've heard a song so many times or you've heard an artist so many times that it's just like you know you can recite it word for word bar for bar uh you know you even know the music notes, like where the hits are going to come in, where the snare is going to come in and, you know, all those things. So it's like, there's a lot of stuff that's just in there too, um, that I can pull on and be like, oh, I want, it's like, you know, I, there, there's this sound on, you know, strawberry letter 23, where there's this like really cool thing that happens. I want to do that, you know, and I don't even have to listen to the song and just remember it and be like, all right, I want to try to do that type of guitar line or something like that. So,
0: mhm mm-hmm. Awesome. Do you ever do you ever have a song that is like a uh you're writing a musical answer to another song? Yeah. I mean I don't Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Oh, some like there's a musician in North Carolina that wrote a song that he he uh thought of as a musical answer to Rock Pile's. Oh gosh, I don't I <laughs> I I'm, I'm grasping at straws for the example, but it was like yeah. like I, I've written a song that the Yahoo's had, had a song called "What Are We Waiting For" about mm-hmm. anticipation and let's get started and we're gonna go and I kind of think it came to mind because it it just kind of hits the ground running kind of like Pride does, mm-hmm. um, so that's that's probably where that came. And then I wrote a song, uh, "The Night Is Young," is like a musical answer to that song. Mm-hmm. Right. I found down this crazy tangent for uh, this question of <laughs> do you do anything like that? Uh, musical answer yeah, songs.
1: Yeah, I do actually. Um, I do that a lot more for like you know to, to get myself in the mood to write because um, like I, I'll take a song and I'll be like what if you know what's the other side of this you know um, I really like that. I, re- I really do enjoy that and I think I I, I kind of did that With the last song, I'll get it right, because I kind of wanted to I wanted to write a song that was that was like turn the page, but a little bit more optimistic. So maybe like early on in the person's life, you know, and I thought about, you know, here's this, you know, turn the page. You got this like old like road dog and he hates he kind of hates touring at this point, you know, it's like it's it's hard, you know, and it's it's not it gets, you know, once you start having more responsibilities, a family and things like that, it gets harder and harder to get back on the road because it's like you're missing so much, you know, and that feeling of, um, you know, because when you're touring and this is going on a tangent, but when you're when you're on tour, you kind of feel as if you're sucked out of life. And then life at home keeps moving on without you. And then you come back and you're inserted right back into that. And then like everything is, you know, it's like everything looks the same, but it's somehow different, you know? And, um, you know, you, you know, people will call you from the road, like, Oh, I had the baby or, you know, so-and-so, um, you know, uh, you know, I, we're going to Paris and things like that. And, you know, you feel like, man, you know, it's like, because touring is great and you get to see all these places, but you get to see it through the window of a tour bus and, you know, through the eyes of a venue, you know, you don't really get to see those places. Um, so when I wrote I'll Get It Right, I was like, what if this was turn the page, but f- 10 years before he got tired of touring, you know? Um, so that was my answer to that.
0: That's cool. And so with with I'll Get It Right, can we maybe deep dive into how you the the first inspiration for that song like is it kind of like how how do you get those first nuggets that that wind up developing into a whole song (laughs) um it was you know it
1: was like a really I was on a really bad tour uh with some people that I did not like very much and I, I would think they probably didn't like me um but I was in I was in like, there's this little town in in, uh, Illinois called Sage, Illinois, and it's probably about 10 miles out from St. Louis. Um, And I had this, you know, we had a we kind of had an okay show, really bad night. Um, You know, there was some there was some property destruction um, and I was sitting in the bus and I was just kind of like thinking of all the decisions that I made to get myself to this point in time. Um, and like, you know, there's, there were, there are musicians that would have, that would have killed for this opportunity, but I'm looking at it like, this is not what I thought it was going to be, you know? And, mm. you know, the life of a musician is not what you think it's going to be. Cause a lot of times you have this, you have this idea of like what this job is going to be like, you know, what being an, an artist and, and what a musician is going to be like. And it, it's there's glamorous parts and there's not so glamorous parts. But you always think about, you know, you're watching your heroes and they got, you know, they have like all the guitars you want. You know, they got all the clothes you want, you know, and they're. They're playing these giant stages and things like that, or even like just stages that you want to play, not necessarily giant stages, but just places you you dream of playing and you think like, man, they got the life, you know, it's like that's 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 it. You know, that's what i that's what I'm looking for. And then you you start to do it and you kind of quickly figure out that there's, there's a darker side to all this. There's a darker side to everything, but there's a darker side to, to this life. And so when I started writing um, I'll Get It Right, you know, the first lines, it it felt like It's that that feeling that I told you about, like where it's like you feel like you've been sucked out of life. So it's like, you know, I spent all of my time asleep at the wheel. It was like it feels like I was going places, but I didn't get to experience it the way that I wanted to, because it was just so much going so fast, you know, that I couldn't really. You know, you're you're moving, but you don't know where you're going and you don't know how fast you're going and you're just along for the ride almost, you know, yeah. And then I, I put a lot of references in there because I put a lot of references to my favorite songwriters in there. Um, you know, and just writers in general, uh, because, you know, it's like, I know that all of them have felt that way at, at some
0: point or time, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's so cool. Did it, was it, w-, w w did the hook come first or was it more like, uh, the chords. I mean, in general, would you say you, do you have a sense of being a words first or music first kind of writer? It's usually music first for me, because you know that's
1: the thing is like I'm I'm a guitar player first, so it it feels, you know, when I when I go to pick up a guitar, I'm like, all right, you know, I have a I kind of like what feeling do I want to evoke here? So it's like I'll start playing the chords, and it's like, all right, this this feels right, and then I I do this trick that I learned from a guy named Jonathan McReynolds. And you just kind of like hum nonsense for a while to see what you know what, what happens, and um, you know I was playing those chords, and you know I, I had something kept saying like I'll get it right, and it was like okay, well that's something, you know, it's, but everything else had to lead up to that I'll get it right because that's a simple line. It's not really like a groundbreaking line, but if you pair it with things that this person feels like they're striving towards something. You can feel the, the, the struggle, then I'll get it right turns into a simple sentence that it turns into like a question or a prayer. Like, will I get it right? Or at some point in my life I'll get it right. You know, it's, it could be either one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I I think this, you're, the whole—I mean—that ties into even the title, "Saint of Second Chances." That you, a lot of the songs you have a a, a real humility um, about, you know, be, an awareness of where you are and how you could be better. And it, it's it's one of the things I really love is that it's 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 so relatable, and you uh, you know, it's it's you're in a struggle but everybody else is like yeah i i I know that too and uh just very it's one of the beautiful things about the the whole record is that the 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 way the listener is invited in and uh can commiserate at times
1: yeah it was that was the thing it was it was supposed to be you know like i said it was supposed to be conversational you know so you could feel a you know more connected to the songs because i mean you know even you know a lot of the songs are not about what you think they are you know so it's like even like somebody else somebody else is how i felt about the music industry you know so it was Mm. like you know i kind of personified the whole of the music industry and you know you you try to get somebody to you know somebody that you feel is important to come out to your show and they'll be like oh yeah yeah i'll be there I'll, i'll be at your show and then you know like you know, twenty minutes before you you're supposed to play, they they text you like, "Hey, I'm not I'm not going to make it out," or, you know, and I had that happen so many times, and it was just like, how do I give you, how do I give you that and make it more universal? Because I could say, you know, like record execs don't, you know, <laughs> are not coming out or whatever, like I thought they would, and I could say that, but also if I gave you that feeling, because then now it it pertains to you know, a woman who's waiting for their significant to text them or you're, you know, whatever, you know, it could be anything. Um, and I, I, yeah, I I wanted people to feel, cause I was going through a lot at that time and I wanted pe and I, it was sort of like my catharsis of, you know, now I can talk about it, but I can talk about it in a broad sense and also pull everybody else in that is feeling the same way. Cause we, we've all made mistakes we've all hurt people and we've all been hurt by people you know it's like that's part of
0: living so why not write an? i out. have yet to be hurt by record executive so i'm glad you made that adjustment what'd you say I, I have yet to be hurt by record executive so i'm i'm glad you made that adjustment on the song <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> maybe one day maybe one day maybe one day it'll happen so this is your debut record how what's how far back do do any of these songs go way back or are these all new that you put together some of
1: them are so um so i'll get it right that was wasn't even a i didn't i wasn't thinking about writing it out. that was i think it was like 2017 when i started writing that song and yeah things like 2016 2016 2017 yeah when i started writing that song um and so it's like even uh, so like uh like why and um and write one they're like the new the newer songs that are on there um but they fit well with the record and the you know and the idea of that so i was like well we'll we'll throw them in um but yeah some of these songs like somebody else somebody else and fake friends were written in the same week um and then, yeah, I'll Get It Right was written, like, way before any of those were written. So it was, like, probably around 2020 when those, when the other songs were written. Um, and then, like, uh, Good Honest Man, that was an old song that I, I was in another band called The Lucky Dutch. And uh, we had that in our, in our set list. And I was just like, well, it's like, I can't give that one up. You know, it's like I really wanted because we put it I put it on a record the first time where it didn't really shine the way it should have because the rest of the record didn't have that subject matter. So it's like when I was talking about that, I was like, this is perfect for this exact subject matter. It works. Um, and now I think it's it's taken more of a life of its own because we it, the how it was originally recorded
0: and, how, and what we ended up with worlds apart, you know. Yeah, cool did, how many songs did you bring with you when you went into the studio with the uh, to make this record 15 15 and you yeah. it's when is is it on there ten did you be when you had those 15 did you have uh was there a cohesion to them or were you hoping the studio might uh, reveal that the the original 15 it didn't sort of had a cohesion to them
1: uh there was a couple songs in there where they you know they they fit sort of but they didn't really you know it wasn't enough humility in it, i guess you know it was it was there was one song that was a little bit It was a little bit too country for what i was trying to do and it didn't really and the lyrics weren't all there like it was a lot of lyrics and it was like kind of verbose so i was like "Mm." like this is over explaining you know Hmm. that's what it kind of felt like and i i didn't want to put that out there and um But yeah, I mean, a lot of them did kind of fit the narrative, but not enough for me to really believe that it was going to fit in this story, you know? And part of me really wanted to do an old school 10 song record. You know, that was like my one of my focuses, too. I was like, I want it because, you know, a lot of the albums that I love are 10 songs and, you know, it's like it tells a really concise, cohesive, good story. Um, And it doesn't have to like song you to death. Cause there's sometimes I get records and it's just like, there's 24 songs and I'm like, ah, man, that's like, that's way too much. Like, wow. you know, <laughs> i give you 12. <laughs> 15 Once you yeah. get in that 20 mark, it's
0: like, uh, like, that's, that's a little too much. Yeah. The, the CD opened up the 74 minute, uh, milestone for people. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Look, then it could to be too much. Uh, so what, do you feel like you were talking about it, you make an old school record? Do you feel that in terms of is there an arc where like side one ends and that's a middle and then it, does it change with side two or is, is it all one? I mean, you're talking about the conversational level and the intimacy and the vulnerability. Uh, do you see it as an even flow or do you see an arc? i see an arc so i think so at
1: the beginning you know you have this so it's like in terms of of if you're writing a book the hero's journey right you have this really um it's this call to action sort of thing right so it's like there's this it's really loud it's it's you know it was one of the hardest songs to record and to mix because there's everything's happening all at the same time it's like there's no there's, you know, if you look at the sound wave on a recording software, it just it's just all one, you know. And um, so it was like that was my, you know, pride and in in terms of how that song sounds, I wanted it to be loud and boisterous and kind of, you know, not really listening to anybody else you know, because that's what pride is. It's like, you know, your, your pride gets in your brain and tells you that, you know, either this person's trying to hurt you. So you have to hurt them back as much as possible, or, you know, you know, you, you should take that, you know, that extra two to three hour, you know, overtime, but you're not going to do it because you don't like your boss. So it's like, you're going to, you know, you're going to stick it to them and, you know, all that stuff. And it, so you have that and then you have like fake friends where you surround yourself with people that validate your bad ideas you strive for the love of somebody who doesn't love you back you know um and then i can't change it is sort of like that that moment of like you know i'm accepting the things that i've done i can't change the past but i'm going to i'm going to try you know i'm going to try harder i'm going to i'm going to you know try to do the thing And then good, honest man is like, you know, trying to to really plead with you to get on that side. And then as soon as it flips and it goes to worrying my life, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep feeling this way. So let me try to figure it out. And then, you know, right. One is finding that person, finding that situation that makes you happy, genuinely happy. Um, And the same thing with already one is like, you know, already one is. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're telling that person or that situation that I've gotten to the places where I want to be. So why do I keep like looking around and grasping at straws? It's like, you know, you can, you're there, you're here. And then of course, you know, like, you know, ending with, I'll get it right. It was, you know, it's like that, you know, everybody wants to ride out in the sunset and everything's great, but you know, um, I love this line that I'm about to say, I love this line, it's from a movie called uh, The Brothers Bloom, but he said that, uh, he said, you wanted to ride off into the sunset, but you figured out that that sunset turned into a cold, unknowing night, and I thought that was a gorgeous line, and that's that's what I'll Get It Right was, it was like, you know, I'm I'm getting better, uh, but there's gonna be some times when I'm not gonna feel like I'm getting better, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. I, and I I think the the already one is when it hits it's it's so refreshingly positive um that and it may make it it makes so much sense with the arc you're describing him because your record is it 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 rewards you for multiple listenings because there's so much there you put so much into it that um now you've the, what you're describing is taking it to another level. So I'm, I'm gonna have to go back multiple, <laughs> more, multiple more times to get to fully yeah. appreciate this record. But uh, it's it, that's it's just fantastic because I think already you could emotionally you could have ended on already won, and yeah. I I think it would have been a satisfying ending. But I think you with where it went from there you added some complexity that yeah m- added some realism like yes i'm optimistic and yes things are good but then there's like but what if you know it's kind of like those movies where it's the end and then a question mark you know exactly <laughs> that's exactly what i was good yeah that's
1: yeah i'm i you know that's the thing It's like movies actually influence me a lot too um when it comes to to writing a story like that because like some of my favorite movies, like um, I don't know if you've ever seen Gone Girl. I do
0: not know Gone Girl.
1: Okay. So there's so the, the movie ends and begins the exact same way. You see oh, cool. this, you know, you it's a close-up shot of this woman and she's like laying on her on her husband's chest, and you know, she looks very lovingly into the camera. And then by the end of the story, there's this like you you know, it's like this, all this crazy stuff happens and you find out that she's like, you know, stalking this person. And it's it's kind of, you know, the kind of psychotic um, at the end of it, you see the same shot. But now you're looking at it with a different lens. Now that loving look looks a little crazy, you know. Um, and I thought that, you know, like especially, you know, I, I could have ended on already one because that would have been like, you know, I'm here. I'm done. Yeah, I got it but that's that's riding off into the sunset and you don't see the rest of the movie you know it's Mm -hmm. like you know there's there's a moment when you know romeo and juliet if they lived you know they would have been pissed off at each other you know what i mean it's like there's a there's a a, a, there's a side of that story that that could happen
0: so um it's not the fairy tale ending because life isn't tale yeah yeah that's yeah. cool. and I, I'm reminded of like all those Pink Floyd albums that start and end with the same sound effect <laughs> yeah but anyway so yeah. do you are you you've got the new record mm-hmm. and where do you go from here are you are you gonna hit the road at all or um, what do yeah. you have in mind now? Yeah, yeah
1: yeah so we're doing a few like um, a few opening slots for it for people so we're going on tour with people um i can't mention any names yet because i haven't uh, i haven't posted them or anything like that yet uh but yeah we got a a few um few tours planned you know as supporting acts and things like that um you know it'll be nice to get back out on the road and and it'd be my own project you know it's not just you know i'm not a side man and you know so i Mm -hmm. can i can do that um but yeah, so in the, you know, we got to get some summer festivals planned and things like that, because, you know, we were doing all that stuff, ramping up to the record to kind of get people interested in the record. Um, and then you see the other side of it it is just like, oh, now I got to keep them interested in the record. Um, but yeah, we did we did two uh, album release parties. We did one at Fitzgerald's and one at uh, Sleeping Village. And, you know, there was a lot of love there. Um you know, I wasn't expecting that many people um, to be at the album release. That was just that was mind blowing, you know, being able to see that many people who I did not know personally, who loved the record and, and got it and understood it. And, you know, people were telling me their favorite songs on it and things like that. And I was just like, this is this is great. You know, it's like a, I'm really happy that, you know, people have, you know, have figured out you know where they fit in kind of that story and have their favorites
0: nice and so you're going on are you you're going on the road and you're you're promoting the record are you also thinking ahead are you writing at all for a, a next record or, or do you is yeah. does it have influence for you yes yeah, so i you know what? i'm i'm
1: kind of one of those people where i either have to have inspiration to write right or i really really have to work at it i'm not you know it's like i i I'm not to the point yet where I can write like 20 songs a day, you know, um, you know, it, it takes me a little bit to kind of, cause I have to sort through how I'm feeling and be able to make that conversational, but not make it so overtly and hit you over the head. So, um, yeah, I'm getting together with a few people that I really enjoy writing with and musicians that I like. Um, I don't know if you know, Joe George, um, he's he's in Chicago. He's a great songwriter. Um Mike Ramoney. Uh yeah, I'm trying to, you know, we're we're gonna get together over the winter and kind of like, you know, bang out some songs. Uh my a buddy of mine, Nick Hopkins, um, a really great producer that we're gonna work with and just kind of, you know, see if we can get something. Okay. Now I gotta write a story on the other side of what this is. <laughs>
0: putting pressure on yourself yeah do you do you uh do you have like a a phone voice recorder that you capture ideas with Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i actually tell people that if i ever die don't delete my my search history delete all of those (laughs) voice memos those (laughs) awful horrible voice memos that i have taken while trying to be quiet in a grocery store or like walking down the street like in my phone, like, you know, trying to hum this thing. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, sure. so, yep.
0: do. The gift of uh, the smartphone and technology is uh, no excuses anymore for an idea getting away.
1: Yeah. You know, you and know, I had- how- oh go ahead I still write you know that's the thing like even with lyrics like I know a a few people that like write them in their phone I usually I usually get like capture the voice memo ideas on the phone but then I if I write a song I have to like write it on like a sheet of paper like I can't I can't write in my
0: phone I don't know it feels weird okay how ballpark how many voice memos do you think you have in your voice recorder right now oh I can I can tell you actually let me see here
1: um, I would err on the side of like probably like twenty twenty seven hundred or the, or so. <laughs> I have I have voice memos leading back all the way from June first two thousand thirteen. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, wow. Them, there's a
0: lot. And are those yeah. unique ideas or are they kind of iterations? They're kind of like
1: iterations. Um, you know, it's funny now that you're saying this. Now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back through here and see if there's anything that's there. Because <laughs> there's some of these I haven't. I was like, and I and I'm looking at the notes on them, and I'm just like, why did I name that revival? What the hell does that mean?
0: You know, it's like so. <laughs> it's almost too much. It's like overwhelming at some point. Yeah. Is it? Are you? Are you hoping that like? Okay, you have got twenty seven hundred snippets that mm-hmm. maybe some if there's something special on there you'll remember it or do you like review it from time to time and just check it out randomly yeah like if i if i if there's
1: so the thing the thing i have about songs is that if like if i say if i write a chord progression or something like that if i leave it like if i if i get it down and i leave it for let's say a week if i'm still thinking about it by the end of that week i go back to it if I like do it and I go back to it and it's like you know I, I I'm like looking through my my phone for you know for voice memos and I see something I'm like oh what was this minute and a half saying and I listen to it and I'm like mm, yep wasn't thinking about it not good it's not what I wanted <laughs> so it's it, it's that yeah do you delete or do you keep them anyway I keep them anyway okay yeah uh, it, yeah it's it's like if you come back to it and you listen to it again. And you're just like oh now i know what to do with that you know it's like it's yeah sure. it's like in, it's like keeping keys you know it's like you don't know you know you find a random key and you're like a, i don't know what this is want to keep it just in case i find whatever
0: this goes to you know i do have about 15 keys that i don't know what they often so. <laughs> I, I feel you there <laughs> but you don't need like marie kondo to come in and and call you like a voice recorder hoarder that needs uh, to clean up or anything <laughs> does this spark joy i don't know but it might uh <laughs> <it has to. laughs> we'd we fight over that a little bit all right. <laughs> cool. so all right so you're gonna be hitting the road mm-hmm. now, now do you get uh, uh, well uh, to get back to the voice record do you do you get ideas daily or does it co- come and go? Will you go like weeks at a time without things going on or Yeah, I mean it'll be, you know,
1: and I don't necessarily that's the thing is like in those times when I'm when I don't have the idea to put down, um, it, it kind of feels like an incubation period. Like I'm I'm listening to new things, I'm I'm reading, you know, new books or I'm, you know, watching, you know, new new films or or things like that. And it's like, you know, those things will kind of You know it'll it'll incubate to the point of like okay now i have an idea sometimes i'll go like six or seven days straight and i'll have something every day and it's just like oh this is cool that sounds cool that sounds cool um but yeah i mean you know i'm i'm very i don't like this about myself but i am a little inconsistent when it comes to writing i'm not like yeah, you know, I'm. I'm actually. I actually just ordered this book called The Artist's Way, and it's kind of going to show you like you know um, different exercises yeah. that you can use to write. It's so really Cameron, want, yeah, Julia, yeah. yeah, I'm excited about to to get that. So you know, I want because I really do want to be more consistent, and you know, it's like okay, you know, maybe take couple days off of writing just to have that incubation period and then go back to it um but not like you know cuz th- there has been especially when when you're playing a lot of shows you know you kind of I, I you know it's like being personally when you're when you're running around playing a lot of shows and you know doing videos and things like that uh you know i'm when i get home i'm just like i don't want to see another guitar you know i don't want to hear another guitar right now i just want to you know get the day off me um Mm. so but i do want to be able to to kind of like push through that and be able to still write and work
0: excellent all right well i want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us and uh this album is, is so great and you've just made me and I'm sure more people realize that there are so many more layers of greatness to it that we will appreciate with uh, repeated listening. So um, thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you on the road and uh, that sophomore effort that will uh, birth out of the voice notes on your
1: Okay. <laughs> the the voice notes from 2013 yeah <laughs> <laughs>